Ladies and gentlemen, uh, on the phone right now, calling in is author Lynette Fromey. Red, can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, okay, can you, can. you hear can. me? Yeah, okay. This is what we're gonna. Yeah, what we're gonna do really quickly is we're gonna do like a little sound check. Um, and okay. I, I'm just gonna ask the audience. Can you guys hear her? Okay. 
Just Lynette, real quickly, <laughs> let's just clarify the, the <laughs> your name. Three, two, one, whatever. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Three, two, one. Okay. Can you hear? Yeah. Can you Me. guys hear? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually sounds like it's coming in fine here. Um, okay. Yeah, it sounds like. So it's somebody will somebody will call you if there's any dispute. Right now they're saying it sounds good. Right now they're saying. Uh, they say it sounds great. Okay, great, great, great. Okay, awesome. First of all, I just want to say it's just awesome to have you on here. It's great. Thank you so much for coming on here. Um, I absolutely love your book. It is fantastic, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But a couple of things at first. One of the things I get, one of the emails I get from people is just, um, like, how do I, like, how do how do people like you know me? Like, how did we meet? How, how did I become friends with you? And real quickly, can we just start off, really? Could you tell my audience, like, how did you find out about me? Like, how did you even blue, know who I was? Blue, Blue, What did she I found out about you from Blue. She was impressed with what you've done with the Spawn Ranch property, which it belongs to the state now. Is that right? Yes, it's a state park, yes. Yeah. And uh, she, she told me about you, and... She, t I mean, she gave me all kinds of details, which she is prone to do, and I don't remember them all, but all I know is that she was very happy with what you were doing there and, that, and your concern for the land itself, for the, the trees and the water and so forth, and just cleaning it up, just making sure that that uh, there were no, uh, there was no glass or, or um, foreign matter that would impede people's trips right. if they wanted to go through there. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, see, there. that's what I was trying to explain to people. That's great. I'm glad Blue told you about that, and I'm glad that, uh, you know, now we've never met. We've actually just started talking on the phone. Now, we've been in contact through the mail, and that's great too. And I just appreciate everything. Well, I've talked to you. This is the second time I've talked to you. Oh yeah, the second and... time I've talked to you. We've texted and stuff a couple of times. Uh -huh. And we've, we've actually exchanged. I have all the letters. I got all the letters that you've sent and everything, which is great. <laughs> and which is yeah. So no, we've been in contact with each other, and that's just phenomenal. And I've met Blue and everything. Oh, really quickly. And I don't know if you can see the set or not. I don't, I, I don't know if you can see me or not. But if you could, on the set right here, I actually have the jacket that you sent me. Um, so I have your jacket that you had used when you escaped from uh, that uh, federal prison in Virginia. So I actually have it on display here on the set right now. And I'm going to thank you. You do? Yes, I okay, do. Okay, that jacket has a history at your house, but I won't even go into that right now. Oh, <laughs> and I just want to thank you for sending it to me. It's just great. For, you know, I have that. And um, and I always will keep it. It's great. I actually have it in a nice big display case and everything, too, which is great. So, okay, another thing I want to get out of the way, too is your last name. Now, I know you've been on, uh, you know, Church of Rock Radio with Reverend Moody, and he got, he said the same thing, too. He pronounces, you know, your name, your last name is pronounced Fromey. You know, your name, your name is Lynette Fromey. I know for 53 years now, you know, the media is, you know, Squeaky From, Squeaky From, and everybody probably knows you more by that name, but that's not the way your last name is pronounced. And can you just say it for us right now? The proper, I mean, I know it's Fromey, but can you just say your last name for us? Yes, it is Fromey, and it's been Fromey for the rest of for my whole life. But when I was in school as a kid, um, 
I didn't like when the teachers would ask me, so I just went along with whatever way they pronounced it. I didn't like to be singled out. I had red hair, and back then, having red hair kind of made you stick out, and I wasn't uh, psychologically prepared for that. So I preferred to go along with whatever people said, and that accounts for the discrepancies. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Um, I mean, a, a lot of it is. Right. Uh, but anyway, that's it. Slummy is the way Brody. it's pronounced. Right, it's German. Right. Uh, there are, from, I believe, is a Yiddish or German, I mean, a Jewish pronunciation without the E. And at least that's what I've been told. And I've, I've seen uh, different people named from, and I've seen... Very few, actually, but a few people named Fromey. And, really? yeah. Interesting. Not yeah. too many. Right. Right. Awesome. All right. Wow, wow. Oh, great. Okay, great, great, great. All right, well, let's get into your book here. First of all, I have to say your book is phenomenal. I read your book. It is, it is very, very good. Now, the way I look at your book, to me, it's like reading a little girl's diary, but it's, it's it really is good because it lays down a foundation and shows you a version of Charlie that we don't know. I understand for the last 53 years, the media has betrayed, you know, Charlie and everybody as this evil person who would hate everything and kick a cat and all this stuff. And he's just a mean guy or whatever, you know, that's what's for 53 years. That's what the, you know, the media has done to portray Charlie. But in this book, you, you show an absolute different side. And I learned a lot of different things in your book. One of the things I learned, first of all, I didn't realize that Bobby Beausoleil had had a baby with Linda Kasabian. And I did not know that until I read your book. And I thought, Bobby well, Bob. this is coming from, this is coming from Gypsy. Uh, Linda told Gypsy that she knew the minute she got pregnant and that she knew that this was Bobby's child. Now, her personal story, whatever she and her son have have uh, an understanding of, I don't know. Right. I just know that what she told Gypsy, and um, I didn't doubt it, uh, Gypsy was not prone to making up stories like uh, Susan was. Right, and that's what was just so interesting when I read that. I did not know that. I, I understand, you know, he had a child with Sandy and with Kitty and with Gail, but then the, I, I saw he said Lyndon, and I was, like, just blown away. But let me also yeah. say this. And I, for those of you that haven't read the book, I'm going to do it's like a little spoiler alert right now because I just this is actually my favorite part of your book. This is the story, and I want you to elaborate on this. Manson had such a great relationship with Mary Bruner's dog, Muffet. You, he loved that dog, Muffet. And I, can you just tell me, what was it like when Muffet ran away in Santa Barbara and Manson lost Muffet and it was gone? Well, you, you forgot to mention that they had discussed finding her a home when they were in the car. And Mary expressed, you know, uh, sadness, but she agreed that it was not fair to Muffet to keep her in the car all the time. Uh, yeah, the, the strange thing was that she 
when she got out of the car, she disappeared and they couldn't find her. And then when they did find her, she was getting handouts down at the hamburger stand. Um, yeah, she, he was, he was very sensitive to her and, and yet I felt, I mean, I feel now that I know more about dogs. I would not want to have wanted to just let her go. Right. But she was resourceful and it was interesting that it was only after this conversation they had about finding her in a different home that she disappeared. She had never done that before. So it it seemed very much like she understood what they intended, what they were talking about. Yeah, they are so smart, these little animals. And um, they're not little, but, you right. know, I think of them as being our responsibility. But um, they... All these different animals in the world are are struggling under whatever humans put out as far as pollution and uh, destruction of habitat and all of that. Um, we recently watched uh, a Netflix uh, documentary called The Island of the Sea Wolves and uh, the photography is fantastic, and I would recommend that to any of your uh, listeners because these animals are something to behold and something to revere, and their instincts speak so much about God and life, and it's it's struggled to survive and it tells us, you know, how spoiled humans are actually. That's the way I feel. I feel like we have become very soft and involved in a lot of just garbage, you know, that it seems important to us and is really just egotistical. The main things that are important are our air, our water, uh, and anything that supports that, the health of the soil. The, the soil should be rich in life. Nowadays, uh, particularly in the middle of California where so many of the vegetables and fruits are grown, the soil has to be pumped up with artificial chemicals and there's not enough water anymore. Uh, we're in a crisis right. and it's a atwa, air, trees, water, animals. It sounds very simplistic. It sounds basic, but you know what? Those are the things we need. Those are the simple things we require or any life requires in order to stay alive. So uh, that's where my heart is. That's where my mind is. Uh, there's very little I can do 
but I look for it and I, my mind is on it in order to keep priorities straight. I sometimes get off on a t- looking at what people think and the, this conspiracy and that conspiracy and, right. you know, all the factions. People are so dumb. People are <laughs> People are dumb. No, they are. You're I right. Mean, yeah. So anyway, that's that's what I'm thinking. Do you think there's anybody right now, any kind of like celebrity or anybody or whoever that is on the level that you and Sandy were back then for activism for the planet? I mean, is there who do you think right now is even leading that, or is it gone? And is there at what? Well, not meaning you and Sandy, meaning just any of these rich people that are out there, celebrities, pretty much. Is there anybody in your opinion helping the environment? Oh, I'm sure there are. I am sure of it because I, every once in a while, I get a peek at something that's broadcast, a documentary of some sort, where people are actually uh, trying to protect some corner of the world, some species. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And when you put money behind such things, you you are uh, funding the future, but when you put it behind uh, some of the other bullshit, you know right. you're n- you are not serving life, and you eventually will go up in flames. I guess right. this is. I want to be able to take my last breath, feeling that I've I've done what I could. I feeling that there will be an earth and animals and air and water for those who appreciate it and can hold on because I think we're in for rough times. We are. I mean, believe me, I I don't know if you've seen any of my videos, but I've made videos here in California about the lakes here, Lake Folsom and stuff drying up. And I've shown people how much they were receding. I mean, in July, I was able to go paddleboarding with my girlfriend, and we would launch from a certain point. We came back 30 days later. Well, the water had receded at least another 300 feet, which was just amazing. Oh, and, my and that's God. that's a wow. lot of body of water right there just in 30 days. So you're right. California as a state is – that's the one thing we're, we don't have. We have no water. Well, I mean, we have no water, and it's sad to say who this. Would, who would have thought? I We had people – yeah, I'll tell you something. Mm-hmm. A, a story. When we were in prison in West Virginia, Blue was, she felt so strongly about the waterways that some of these city girls were used to. They'd go in, turn on the shower, and just let leave it running. They'd walk outside, they'd play, they were reserving the shower for themselves. And uh, it was a power move, but it, we would just go in and turn it off. And But Blue got into a fight with a girl from Texas, <laughs> and she ended up uh, coming up to where I was. I was stuck in the, what we used to call the hole, but right. it wasn't a hole. It was just a isolation. Right. So uh, she ended up being sanctioned punished for this fight she had with this girl over the water and the girl said water's everywhere you are so called her all kinds of names told her how stupid she was that water 
was cheap, water's everywhere, there's no, and, and about two years later, maybe a little more, this girl got out of prison, went back to Texas, and there was a big drought. And I remember being aware that this woman, she probably didn't reckon with it at the time, but she eventually would have to be aware that there were all kinds of, of uh, water issues and that it is not cheap and that it is not all clean and that there's dirty water everywhere. And for some stupid reason, humans decided to build their factories all along rivers and flush all their waste into the water. Right. So, you know, we can't claim to be so superior. We have to be humbled enough to recognize that we make mistakes as humans, you know. And then once you, once you got that down, you, you figure out how to correct them. And, of course, we can if we want to. did not know that you and Sandy were in jail together at the same time. Um, uh-huh. So, yeah, and how long did, were you guys together in prison? Was it a short time or just, I mean, a long time? Or I, I mean, I, I think that's the thing. People were like, they knew that you guys had done time, but they just didn't realize that you guys were done, you know, together. I would say we were together at least 10 years. In wow. um, We were together in the Sacramento County Jail. It's funny because, oh, well, I, I have so many memories of that. <clears throat> she, was, she was great support uh, when I was in jail, and then um, she got arrested for the letters that right. she and Heather Murphy had uh, put together and mailed. They, were, they mailed a fraction of the letters that... They had um, addressed and uh, actually, I think, I, I don't know. Oh, I know where they were. They were in our apartment when I walked off that morning thinking, I've got to take this opportunity right. to see Ford. And so I was going to see Ford. We had been talking to all these different people about uh, 
the condition of the waterways in particular and to stop putting poison in our water. How stupid can humans be? They thought that the waterways would absorb it and it would go away. Um, and so anyway, we, we were doing this and um, we prepared these letters for people who worked in occupations that were polluting. And we got envelopes. We found envelopes that were already franked. And it turned out that they were from a monastery somewhere in, in, in San Francisco. Right. Anyway, they were all addressed. Uh, Blue and Heather had gone to the libraries and looked in certain business books, um, Moody, let me see, what were they? Anyway, they at the time, they gave the addresses of all the CEOs and all these people. So they had gotten, they had compiled thousands. I mean, really, they, they got a whole lot of thousands of addresses. Right. And the, the FBI said it was like 3,000. Um, anyway, they... We had all these envelopes addressed, but when I went out that day, uh, the envelopes were still in the house. A lot of them were. So uh, they were confiscated. But then the FBI notified all these different people that they were on our list. So we were telling them, look, we don't want to cause any harm but you have to change behaviors or jobs. And uh, we were trying to make something happen that's been happening over the last 50 years. We wanted it to happen right away. Right. But there, I, feel, um, I feel we were basically right. We were kind of young and idealistic. And uh, we, I don't like the idea that we were... Uh, violent and but we were using the Tate LaBianca murders for that purpose so yeah we were terrorists <laughs> Evolution, well, you know, we all want to change the world. But when you talk about destruction, don't you know that you can count me out? Don't you know it's gonna be all right? Got a real solution Well, you know We don't love to see the plan You ask me for a contribution Well, you know 
we wanted people to understand that the there's going to be uh, violence and there would be a lot of blood and people would be going crazy and not understanding why. And so actually it has come to pass and these terrible school shootings and things like that have happened and people don't understand it. But a big part of it is that there's no central belief system. There are no uh, examples of, of heart and soul. There are no good uh, places to put your energy if you're a young person. Uh, we wanted to do like CCC camps that were done in the 30s and 40s. The, a place where you could go into the woods, you'd have your house and your basic supplies and your food, and you would do and learn certain skills that are you know, that are helpful. Plus, you could do creative skills. And I think most people need something creative to do. They need to be able to fashion wood or or uh, draw or, you know, they need... In other words, during the 30s, there were these programs that employed people to, like, paint murals in the post office and stuff like that. And they were interesting and they still are if they if somebody hasn't painted over them they're real interesting in the um los angeles post office one of the los angeles post offices there were uh there were murals of most of them look like the artist is what i was told they it was a um hispanic man um, perhaps Indian, uh, native Indian, and uh, they all of the faces kind of resemble him, but but it shows Pueblo scenes. It shows a lot of uh, life scenes, um, and so you know that sort of thing. I think any society craves true artistry and handcrafts when when they're done with love for a purpose yeah so i that's the only thing i i i feel like uh what we were thinking was really good i I don't know what people are thinking now at, to <laughs> unite them right that's right. What are they thinking now? That is a very wow. That is a very good question. Wow. All right. All right. All right. What's going on, everybody? Story Man Howard. It's four thirty-nine p.m. Here, I'm talking with author Lynette Fromey. And if you want to pick up a copy of her book, Reflection, you can always go to. I recommend going to goodbyehelterskelter.com, uh, which is run by George Stimson. You can pick up a copy there and uh, tell George that you heard about the book through my show. All right. <laughs> now I want to get back to your book really quickly because I still have some people who have some questions about your book, <laughs> and I just want to so. <laughs> I just want to yeah, get to, listen, hmm. I, I don't mean to go on and on. I'm oh, no, no, it's fine. What you, said, yeah. what you said there was probably the most important thing that needed to be said about the environment. Trust me. What you said there was absolutely true. 
straight from the heart, and it needed to be said because you're absolutely right, Lynette, especially California. We have no water. We have no water. I'm not kidding. That it's, is sad. No, that we, is so sad. It is. I watch. Have if, if you can't. I don't. I made a video about it. I don't know if you can see it or not, but I made a video about Lake Folsom, and it's drying up. There's certain you can walk across it now, for Christ's sake, at certain parts. Oh my God! It's yes, I know, and that not just that lake, but there are other lakes. If you look at California and how much water we had, say, ten years ago, maybe fifteen years, there's nothing. We, I mean, we need rain and snow of biblical proportion. I mean, right. you know, <laughs> I, <Yeah>. mean, <laughs> it's sad. I hate to laugh. I, I mean, I'm sorry to laugh. That's sad. I shouldn't be laughing. It's sad. It's sad. It is no, sad. I, I get it. I get it. It's, it's horrible. It's we, crazy. We no yeah. Okay. So real quick about your book. Okay. Some people want to know. I don't know why, but on page 333 in your book, you're talking, you were at Barker Ranch, and you were saying that during the summer that you had hunters and miners and the military were using that road of Guller Wash. What one person uh -huh. wants to know is what branch of the military was going up there, and were they wearing uniforms, and did you guys talk to them? It was Army, as far as I know, of the uh, green, very green, um, they had a base over there. They had right. a base. No, I know they have. Um, yeah, I know that area. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, sometimes they would take that road. The uh, park rangers were up that way, so I guess all of the military knew those roads. They'd go off into the, you know, in the desert. Most people that were out there just love to get away from civilization right so-called civilization yeah awesome okay also in your book and i don't know if i'm pronouncing her last name right but you speak about charlene crafts is that charlene i can't pronounce her right last name there but you who was a wealthy heiress that gave manson money but when you you say in your book when you stayed at her ranch what gave you the idea that it was a brothel of sorts well, she kind of looked like she was dressed for the part, but uh, I don't know. I think what gave me the idea was because it's legal in Nevada and yeah. uh, prostitution is legal. And it, uh, Charlie had known women in the business and he knew the business and so I had, I thought maybe that was what she was doing. He didn't reveal her, either her uh, financial status or her business at all. He just offered her a place where she could come if she wanted to be with us. Right. Because his, his uh, most important, uh, point was that we were that we stayed together that right. we were a family that he was tempted to leave a number of times but he didn't he wasn't going anywhere because it meant something to him and um it meant some something to all of us we had pooled our love together and now I don't use that word very often because love has 
through the generations, it was used for many for commercials and all that, and it became a cereal, I think, or maybe that was life. How but anyway, Char- oh no, no, how, uh, um, how did Charlie meet Charlene? What? Do you oh, know, you know Charlie met. Yeah, Charlene? he met her. He met her at a a party in Beverly Hills. Nice, nice, nice. All right, all right, all right. But she wanted, she was wanting to be the boss. Right. And he wasn't going to go for that. (laughs) So that was that. And so he, while on one hand he did not uh, talk about her or anybody that I recall, he was very uh, private about his relationships with all of us. He, it's not that he was being secretive, but that he, each relationship was different yeah. and he didn't set us up, uh, opposed to each other in some kind of competition or anything like that. No. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty girl Cease to exist Just come and say you love me Give up your work Come on, you can't be I'm your kind, oh, your kind, I can see. Walk on, walk on. I love you, pretty girl. My life is yours, and you can have my world. Never had a lesson. Okay, one another thing I love in your book is um, you explain how you guys acquired the bus and you're living with that poor family for like what like what was it, like a month or something like that and they had all these kids and you you were and what were you guys doing there that entire time like just fixing the bus up and you, what did he trade it for like it's not was that when Charlie had the Mustang and he traded it or what like I just love the story of how you no acquired, no no right. the Mustang was much later okay uh, this was when we were getting a bigger vehicle we needed more we needed a bigger bus we had three of us girls at the time but I not too long later there was Susan and Ella and several people from their house on Lyon Street in San Francisco and people wanted to come along right people said can we come and it, we said, who are we to make that call? And then there was a guy, a very spoiled, I don't know, he didn't like himself very well. He decided that he wanted the bus. And so we got off. Right. And we hitchhiked and we found Topanga Canyon Lane. We found... Uh, a house that was left by a woman who was wealthy. She had this extra house 
and she allowed anybody to live in it. And so we were good there until other people came in who thought they should be the proprietors or they they had the say. We weren't trying to um, own anything and didn't. So when this uh, bully guy came in, uh, that, that was something that, even though I had lived with Charlie for about a year, I, I was stunned. He, when he walked into the room with this maniac and the guy had a knife and Charlie turned his back to him, what he was basically telling the guy, I think, is you're bluffing. But I didn't know that. I mean, this guy looked for real to me, and he, his knife certainly looked for real, but he did not stab Charlie, and it was the first time, I think, that I realized that Charlie was in, put himself in front of us and wouldn't allow anybody to hurt us. He consistently... Uh, Fronted, he put himself in front of us. Now that ended up uh, being bad because he got blamed for us. Right, he got blamed. He got everything. blamed. Right. Yeah, he got blamed for, for everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is absolutely amazing. Okay, wow. Okay, wow, that is just phenomenal. Okay, so that's a lot of stuff with your book. Now. Well, I have some, we have the, my audience has some questions, and I've, there's so many of them, and I'm only picking the the nicest ones I have. But this one woman in the audience, she wants to know that she's like she says here that um, you were an avid reader in high school, and um, and you you read a lot in high school, and you did a lot of poetry. Do you still do that to this day? And were you doing a lot of writing and poetry in prison? Uh, poetry is images. What I liked is finding ways to different ways to say something uh, no I it's not a, it's not a passion uh, I like to write I like I like finding uh, different ways of saying something and um, metaphors similes stuff like that Are you I like to write that. another book I, uh, no, I'm not planning on it. I would like to do it, but I can't seem to settle down. I live in a situation where it's the potential is that I have to move and then I, I don't know, uh, where I would move and, a lot of things are up in the air. Right. So, so I'm not quite settled, but uh, basically, that's what I really like to do. I like to do it uh, for purpose uh, other than commercial. I'm not a. I I was very disappointed to find out what had happened to the internet. Right. Because it's such a great. I thought, oh, this is fantastic. But then to find out all the garbage that's being 
funnels into it. And so many, yeah, I don't, I'm not into that now. Wow, 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 wow. Okay, someone else wants to know, <clears throat> when Charlie first heard what the Beach Boys had done to his music, were you around, and how did Charlie react? Like, no. You weren't? Okay. No. <laughs> uh, that's all, that's the short answer, right. no. Okay. okay, that's fine. That's I wasn't fine. there. Right, and he if you don't want to answer any questions, just say no comment or whatever, yeah, that's fine. Right? I did yeah. not hear anything from the girls. Okay. Like, people would come in the house, in George's house, and talk to me, and right. uh, nobody said that he was upset about it. Did you ever go uh, to any of those gigs when he was in the Milky Way? In Topanga Oh, Pan. yeah. Oh, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, the Milky Way was right there at the ranch. We had a saloon. We had a, a um, nightclub in the saloon. So the Milky Way played in the saloon at Spawn Ranch? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I did not know that. That's, uh, wow, I didn't know that's a... Uh, Really interesting. Wow, that's insane, man. Okay, also, somebody wants to know, um, <laughs> do you remember a friend of Tex or Charlie's named Drew or Andrew who used to come to Spawn Ranch and or the Canoga House? No. Okay, that's fine. Um, next question. Um, Harold True wrote that Charlie and the family stayed at the Waverly Drive House between one week and ten days during 1968. Do you remember this at all? Vaguely. Vaguely, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great, awesome, awesome, awesome. No, um, no, no significant memory jumps out. Oh, uh, what memories do you have of Mark Ross, and do you remember the van fire? What I remember is that I, I wondered where had this guy come from, and I felt like he was assuming our our friendliness when I didn't know who he was. I think he came with Paul Watkins, uh, but I don't know. Right. Um, I don't know. Really, I don't know anything about him. But I heard later that Cappy and Bruce and this guy Zero and others stayed at a house he had rented I don't know where, maybe somewhere near the beach. Um, and I heard what the rest of you heard or it, what anyone else has heard. Right. I didn't, I didn't know. Oh, one thing regarding a fire in his van, that yes. would be Paul Watkins. Right. And Paul died a long time ago. He had candles in the van. That was my understanding, but no, we were not involved in in anything having to do with a fire in Mark's van.
next question here. Um, <laughs> and this one, okay. Somebody wants to know, what was the Book of the Dead, and why were some of the names written in blood? And the little bits and pieces that have come out that we've seen on the Internet, are, do that? Do they represent the, the, the ideologies of the commune? No, I, I have read... <laughs> I've read little pieces of that mistranslated as each man will take as many women with him as he ages. And I think I I think Cappy wrote it and I think she printed it in um I think the word was goes as each man with him as he goes. What is the ages stupid business. Anyway, a lot of things were mistranslated. I loved the way that she drew. She came be you know decades before uh Harry Potter and that whole uh genre, right. I guess I would say. And uh she was she was beautiful. She was, uh, she created some beautiful, uh, images and she did, and her printing was lively and you got the impression that she came from the middle ages or something. But, uh, I don't, I wasn't aware of what was going on there. I probably was in jail. I think that I got arrested for the hamburger business. Uh, right, right. Uh, you know, right, 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 right. I got arrested. <laughs> so, <laughs> in all cases, each one of us was there or not there, and maybe you know, and we have impressions, and we have we have images, and we don't all know the same things. Each one of us is different. I just know that at, there was a time when the um, unity was the best thing in my life ever. Right. And I think that's what people are going for now with this former president, and I don't see it happening for me at ever in right. that in that place so i all i know is there are ideals first and that would be air trees water animals the basics first and then let's give respect where it's due right Absolutely right. Wow, that was fantastic. Start event how near is 4.57 p.m. here on Sunday, November 6, 2022. I'm talking with author Lynette Fromey here. Thank you so much. Hey, Lynette, I don't know if you know this, but today is Bobby Beausoleil's 75th birthday. <laughs> I know. I love Bobby. Are you Bobby in contact with him? Not... Are, you, are you in contact with him or no? No. No. Don't answer. No. Bobby has not benefited by any contact right. because he's considered Charlie. To be Charlie, what? and Charlie that? is considered to be terrible, right. and <laughs> this doesn't bode well for anybody. In, I mean, that would be up to him to make that contact. But I know this: 
that I extend every good wish to Bobby because he's a good man. He's got a lot of heart and I wish him to get out. Right. What about Lynette? Do you wish her to get out? Because I, uh, I actually know that Gypsy actually went to one to one of her parole hearings and her attorney. You're talking about like, Lynette. Or, you just mentioned Lynette. No, no, no. I, oh no, I meant uh, uh, Leslie. No, no, I'm talking. <laughs> I meant Leslie. What about you Leslie? Did. Yeah, yeah. Did I say Lynette? Yeah. I meant. Uh, I meant. No, Leslie. I, I don't, I don't hold it against Anyone? them. Right. I love. Uh, we didn't know Leslie very well. Leslie was only there for a little bit. So was Bruce. I think Bruce was... Well, tell us, actually, Linda. well, first of all, what about Linda? Linda only seemed like she was there for like two and a half weeks, it seems like. Yep, yep, you're right. I mean, come on. She was only there for like 15 minutes. You are right. You know? And uh, she was probably the the meanest-sounding girl uh, on the whole ranch. She talked dirt. She talked shit against the cops, and she called them pigs. Well, I don't know. We just never got into that any kind of name calling before. Uh, and people say that it was Charlie that called them pigs. We right. didn't call them pigs. We didn't. We were not of this of the go along crowd. Uh, but when we did say something, it, it, we meant it. So, so we were not, we didn't call the police pigs. Linda did. Right. And so I thought that was weird. I just thought she was one of these tough city girls, um, and had her reasons for being that. I don't, I don't judge people that way. I try to look at what do they say and what do they do. Right. But in your book, though, in your book, though, the way you described the first time you met Susan Atkins, come on, you said she was uh, uh, annoying, she needed all the attention, and you said she smelled. No, I didn't. Uh, yes, you did. No, I, think, I did not. Are you, are you sure about that? Because I'm pretty yes. sure it says that. I, Sandy said she didn't bathe oh, and that was way later in the book okay uh what i said about her was that she talked too much she was too loud right. she and she yeah she was kind of a nut and i thought about how are we going to live with this person <laughs> so right. um she had to be the kind of the out front person she had to be the star and i described her like a cat curling her tail and coming around guys she wanted to attract attention mm -hmm. uh but she had her she, i i consciously made a decision not to uh judge her
sunny day The world was waiting for the lover She came along to turn on everyone Alright, somebody else wants to know here Are we good now? We are totally uh, good on the book, your book, you're awesome Can we? Are you still good? Can we ask a couple more questions? Are we good? Are you, what's up? Okay, a okay, couple cool. more Yeah, a couple more? Okay, cool uh, one, a couple more. Um, okay. What everybody really wants to know is about Charles Manson's estate and how you feel about that. Are you on Jason Freeman's side? Yes or no? You know, Charlie did not, uh, bequeath his goods or his estate to me. I'm done after that. Uh, I would have liked to have seen Michael Bruner receive anything of value because I love that guy. I love that little guy who used to be two feet tall and anyway, I, I just, I have feelings there. Right, right, right. Uh, as far as these other uh, opponents, I don't know what they were going to do with Charlie's stuff. Right. Charlie will never be replaced right. in my mind for um, not as long as I live. I mean, I, there's nothing that has ever made an impact on me as much as his love of life his respect for natu the natural world and uh, his acknowledgement of each and every living thing around him. Not that he made a point like a baby thing and said, oh, you and you and you and you. No. He was so wise and so sharp that he his intelligence impressed me, and I haven't seen the likes of it. Wow! 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 That's awesome. Can you tell me? Uh, can you just tell me a little bit about George Spawn? Was he really, really blind? Come on. What was he? Was can you just tell me about George Spawn? Was he really blind? And just tell me about George Spawn, his personality, the kind of person he was, and was he really? I think I think blind? I put more of George in the book than almost anybody because he ran the ranch. We gave him that ability. It was his ranch, and when we started listening to him and trying to help him out to do the things he wanted to do as an 80 plus year old guy it he he just brightened up he became uh a, just funny in his own way and most of us schools had a very grant a very good relationship with him he's like our grandfather they the girls would come in the house uh, give him a hug um, and talk to him and he would speak to each individual he was not very good with the guys I don't know what he thought he did not tell me but I know that we had a, a really good re relationship with him and we were not sleeping with him 
whoever thought that that was a titillating piece to write about, uh, it didn't enter into our reality. Right. I can't even tell you, before the internet, we didn't have a chance to respond to the little pieces of nonsense that were out there. So uh, we've had to, I had to just write it down and then respond to it in this book. And I hope it's enough. I just hope it's enough. Some of this book is my training. I wanted to start out as an 18-year-old and go from there. I wanted to put in some California history to some people that would be boring, but I think it's exciting. There were shipwrecks in California on the coast that are just dazzling. There was one in San Francisco I think people should know about uh, if you're interested in mm-hmm. that sort of thing. I, I didn't have a chance to put it in the book, but it was great. Um, it was in all the San Francisco papers. I think it was just in the late 1800s. Uh, there was a ship that went down in about 15 minutes. And um, there were eyewitness reports in the newspaper, in the San Francisco papers. Anyway, you might want to check that out sometime. I love California. I loved growing up there. I want to go back. <laughs> wow, nice. All right, two, all right, just two really quick questions. What were the straight savings really like? Oh, those guys, they, we had Danny there, mm-hmm. and some of the other guys would pull up. <laughs> and you know shine their bikes right. and do you know there's a lot of show involved in these things and some of, there's quite a few of these guys these biker guys that are shy they won't admit to it but uh, some of them well, what I saw was that some of them had uh, unattractive I shouldn't say that But, you know, to me, it was they had women that they could kick around. Right. And I I just didn't like the whole thing. Then other guys had families and beautiful things going on. Uh, So a very diverse crowd of guys. They wanted Danny to stick with them, and he was over at our camp, and... So there, there was a conflict. Uh, I can't speak too much of that, right? Because you know I wasn't there, right? Do you know if any of your friends ever went to the Monterey Pop Festival? Uh, Blue. What? She went to the I Monterey think, Pop Festival, really? I think so. I, wait, so would the tech, did Tex ever? Because there's a rumor saying that Tex went. Is that? Did you ever hear? No, that? no, I don't know. No, Tex was in Texas when when I'm thinking. Wait, but Blue really Blue really went to the Monterey Pop Festival. Are you wow? I'm saying I'm now. When what year are you? Sixty seven. That's sixty seven. Yeah, yeah. I she went. She actually hitchhiked there. 
by herself. Oh, my God. Yeah. No way. Now, she was a, she is a unique, tough, sturdy little creature. Uh, very, very beautiful. In fact, well, I would let her talk a, about it. You know, but let me just she say that, was, she liked music. Yes. She, yes, she did. She told me a story once when she was in San Francisco walking down the street and in some parking lot, there was a concert going on and she walked over and it was actually Jimi Hendrix, but she didn't realize it was Hendrix. She's like, Oh my God, it's a black guy playing guitar. And then I think uh -huh. later, later that day she went home and all of a sudden, there was something about Hendrix on the TV. She's like, Hey, that's him. She didn't, she didn't think much of it at the time, but she was, she was telling me the story when she saw Hendrix, but she didn't know who he was until later. Right. Yeah. Right. She didn't, you could talk to her about a celebrity. She didn't know who was who. That wasn't her thing. She didn't keep up with the trends or, uh, but she had her own sense of uh, what was good and what was talented and what was, and she's somehow almost Magoo-ish, Mr. Magoo, like she would uh, step off of a, of a high-rise building and a board would swing around and she, as she stepped down, she was on safe ground. I mean, she was on safe uh, uh, base wow. without, without, uh, yeah, she has, uh, she is very magic. She also has a psychic kind of ability, meaning that she has a sense of things that are happening before they're even broadcast. And I found that to be true on a number of levels. And I just was amazed by her. Yeah. Are you on the Family Jams album? Family Jams? No. Oh, you're not on it at all? I don't think so. Oh wow! So was, uh, is that like Kathy we and Sandy? We were on. And, and... She and I were on the corner of Temple and Broadway. We were the first two to go to that corner and stake it out and create a presence for, you know, in representing our peeps inside. Right. Come here. Wow! Oh. Wow! So oh wow! So, well, you, so you're not on the we, right. Go ahead. I think we're ready to get off. Right, we? we are. We are totally ready to get off. Thank you. First of all, I, I can't thank you enough. This is absolutely awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been talking with author Lynette Fromey. And if you want to pick up a copy of her book, you can go to goodbyehelterskelter.com. You can also go to Amazon. Lynette, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much You're for very welcome. and every time. And it was just wonderful. You can come back anytime you want. All right. Thank you for being on here. This is going to be okay. a good show. Okay. I'll talk to you some other time. Then. I will. Yeah. Yeah, just give me good a call. Night. We'll just talk. Whatever you want to talk, just give me a call. It's all good. <laughs> Take care, okay. man. Bye Thank bye. you. All right, everybody. That's it. It's all done. Wow, we are done. Oh,
If you want some family conversation, come on and scoop the ball with me. Take a tour with me now, down the Santa Susana Pass. I got lots of family knowledge, and I'm stoned off my ass. I'm the spawn wax worker, and it fits me to a tree. If you want some family conversation, come on and smoke the bowl with me. Don't hurt me.